Kia ora and welcome to the Stronger Dads Collective podcast, where we aim to help dads be stronger versions of themselves as fathers, people, and in their athletic pursuits. I'm your host, Hayden Pritchard, and you can find me at hjp underscore stronger dads on Instagram, and you can learn more about me at hjpmethod.co.nz. Before you finish listening today, be sure to rate and subscribe on the platform you're listening to. Right, let's get into today's episode. Kia ora and welcome to episode 55 of the Stronger Dads Collective podcast. Today you have me and my microphone for a solo episode and we're going to discuss, I guess it's three three things really today. Um, well, two topics but three things. <laughs> the, the first thing is we're going to have a bit of a chat about um, how my current training has been going with the Strongest 10. I talked about this a few weeks back, but I kind of wanted to give an update as we get towards the end of that plan and kind of just let you know how things have been going. And then also probably a little bit more um, exciting in my mind at least, and that's probably not a good thing to say when you're entering a training cycle, the end of a training cycle, um, but is the Project 300 is what I have classified it. So we'll we'll get into that after we talk about the current state of training. And then to finish with today or the second piece of today's topics will be around two, I would say, key um, ways of thinking about your training or, or strategies you can implement into your training, which are priority sessions as well as flexibility or ranges, I guess, in training, especially in relation to strength training, but also in relation to our aerobic training. So those are going to be the two blocks that we're going to focus on today. So let's first have a bit of a chat around how my training has been going, how I've been progressing in this strongest 10 plan. So essentially, I've talked about it before, but the strongest 10 plan is what I've been working on in terms of um, something that will be you know, available for purchase later on. But essentially, it's a plan designed to improve a 10 kilometer runtime alongside improving maximal strength on the big three the squat the bench press and the deadlift i mentioned previously that i've subbed in the back squat for a front squat just because for me at this time that was kind of what i wanted to focus on and so i have been um and it's fair to say that this volume has been <laughs> a wee a wee bit more um than what i was used to going into it um obviously i just come off the first few months of um, having baby number two and so therefore I hadn't been training a whole heap I'd been doing these little micro sessions um, and I probably jumped in a bit a bit quickly to this I did try to be a bit progressive and in fairness I haven't fit all of the volume um, in that was initially on this plan and there's been some changes made to this plan from this piloting testing that will, will incorporate actually some of these ranges which I'm going to talk about uh, in the second half of this but I've essentially been doing that, focusing on those big three, as I said, just subbing the back squat for a front squat. And it's been going well. Like, I feel like I'm a little bit beat up at the moment, as I said, from the volume. Um, but I'm into the midway point of week seven out of eight weeks of this plan. Um, oh, sorry, midway point of week eight, actually. It's the last week of training before a taper week. Um, and we've kind of started that taper now, really, because the strength training volume has started to drop back. Um, which is is called for <laughs> I would say it's come at just the right time for me I'm starting to feel a bit tired not as kind of keen on my um, strength training as what I was previously so you know this this taper has probably come at a pretty good time and I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what happens with that strength it's I think it's improving um, I feel like my singles on 
bench press in particular are getting stronger. Uh, however, it's you know you never know until you test it. And so next Thursday, I believe it is, will be my test day for those three lifts. Um, deadlift's been going fairly well. It's been a little bit more challenging in the deadlift predominantly because of the fact that the um, leg session on, on the Wednesday has actually been affecting me all the way through to Saturday often in terms of I'll still have a little bit of sore quads in that because that leg day is often followed by a high you know, a um, speed sort of run day. So the legs are still a bit tired by the time you get to Saturday. So that's been quite interesting to kind of be training under a bit of fatigue like that. And that's why I'm really looking forward to pulling back um, the volume as we've just started to do and then getting into that taper and kind of seeing what we can do when, when the legs and the body is just a bit fresher. So for the next sort of seven days, I'll probably be focusing, well, I will be having less training volume, which is going to be great in terms of the recovery side of things. Um, and we're going to kind of see what happens. I'm not super confident um, with where the 10 kilometer is as opposed to this time last year Uh, last year my running was a whole lot more consistent there was more running whereas I've incorporated a bit more of the strength training um, throughout this entire build-up which means that there's just been a little bit less running than what I had been doing previously so we'll see what happens I think it was about just over 46 46 17 I think was the time or 46 12 something like that last year and so this year would be nice to beat that but I don't think that's likely um based on today's session my confidence went a little bit down the session prior to that my confidence was up so who knows what we're going to get but I'm probably going to be targeting around a 47 ish um for that and if all goes well and the legs freshen up and I can beat that 46 17 I believe it was then that would be awesome and I'll, I'll hunt that down and try and get it um in relation to those strength numbers um I'd like to probably front squat something in the 150s uh, I'd like to bench press something in the early 130s and then deadlift, you know, probably 230 or 235, somewhere around there would be a pretty good target for that. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. We'll see if we get there and I'll give you an update on that in a few weeks' time. Now, of more interest, at least in my mind, and as I say, it's a little bit, of, little bit bad that I'm probably you know, kind of distracted towards the end of the strongest 10 um, by my new goal, but I am managing to still get the work in um, <laughs> of that strongest 10. But my mind is starting to think a little bit about this next thing, which um, is the Project 300. So 300 um, is a goal that I've had for a while on the deadlift, a 300 kg deadlift. And for a while, I mean, when I was powerlifting. Um, so that's about, what, 10 odd years ago almost now that i I finished up in my last powerlifting competition Um, so it hasn't been an actual goal that I've been actively working towards at any stage of that last 10 years in reality Um, I've wanted to keep a bit of deadlifting in in case I ever wanted to kind of make a go at this um, 300 kilo deadlift and I think the time the time has come the time is now (laughs) Um, if I don't chase this I will think what if when I get older and I kind of just want to make sure that I give this <clears throat> a good go. Now, one of the things that I've always been preaching on here is the value of aerobic training. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the value of aerobic training. So, although I will be shifting my predominant training focus and my goals um, towards that 300 kilo deadlift, which is going to take you know a lot of training, a lot of effort, a lot of um, recovery resources, all of that sort of stuff, it's going to be, you know, stressful on the body and it's going to require me to you know be a bit more diligent in a lot of what I'm doing in terms of diet nutrition sleep blah 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 so um, it is going to get interesting to see how that kind of goes my ideal would be that whilst I'm trying to build up towards this 300 kg deadlift I would also keep some running and or aerobic training in the mix I would love to keep two to three runs 
every single week, just easy runs, um, because my body's so adapted to that at the moment, it's so used to it, you know, an easy half an hour run for me at the moment, um, doesn't really take anything out of me, I often finish up that feeling better than I did going into it, you know, as long as I'm running at a nice, easy intensity, so that's where I'm heading after the strongest 10 finishes up next Sunday, um, I'll have that race down in Wellington, and then following on from that, it'll be heading straight into this Project 300, and um, there's some more exciting stuff around that in terms of uh, coaching and who's going to be taking care of that side of things, and um, I'll let you know that in due course once it's all sorted, um, but I'm really looking forward to to getting into that and, um, yeah, just chasing it. And one thing that we should probably note about this is Whilst it's called Project 300, this is not going to be something that will happen overnight. Um, when I was fully focused on my powerlifting, I believe the most I ever got was a 290 kilo deadlift. So don't anticipate this being 12 weeks to 300. Don't anticipate this being um, 12 months to 300. It could well be longer than that. Uh, but we'll see how we go. We'll put in the effort and you know we'll keep focused and kind of see if some of the learnings in relation to training and recovery and all of those things over the last 10 years that weren't applied into the powerlifting sphere, um, whether some of these things will be able to transfer and help me kind of, you know, take advantage of the strength that was there and get that back a bit quickly, but then actually surpass that in relation to this deadlift would be pretty awesome. So we'll see how that goes. I'm in tentatively in my head, I'm kind of thinking, you know, as long as I hit it before I'm 40, which is five years away, um, then that would be awesome. But I'd really like to hit it sooner than that. And I'll be putting in a good effort to try and make sure that um, we get as close as we can, you know, in the next sort of 12 to 18 months as my as my time frame in my head. But as I say, I have no idea how long this might actually take, but I want to give it a good run and I want to give it a good shot and I want to keep incorporating that cardio um, whilst I do that. And it won't be a focus of cardio for improving running races like it is at the moment. It'll be cardio to ensure that I'm keeping those health goals um, in check, basically. Right. So that's Project 300, it's out there, um, it's into the ether now, people have heard me say it, so now I have to chase it, so after that February 18th 10k, um, it's all on, right, it's, it's full focus towards that 300kg deadlift and start building towards that appropriately, and yeah, I'll let you know in regards to the coaching and stuff once I have that all confirmed, um, but it's exciting stuff and I'm looking forward to telling you um, who I'm going to be working with to help me get there. Cool. So the second topic of conversation that we had today was looking at these two different aspects of um, training and how we can kind of ensure that we can continue to be consistent in our training, especially when we're busy, especially when there might be demands on our time, when we might not have the best night's sleep, all of those sorts of things. How can we be adaptable and flexible in our training in order to make sure that we we get what needs to be done and we can still progress towards that? And we've talked about you know minimal effective training and um, all those sorts of things previously. Um, go check out the Stronger by Science article, which I think is called something like Effective Strength Training for the Time Poor um, that Dr. Pack and I um, talked about. You can also go look at the episode with Dr. Dr. Pack, which is earlier on in the catalogue, um, I think it's around episode 14 or 15, um, those are some good places to start in regards to, you know, what is a good minimum effective dose. However, today is more about some tactics that you can kind of apply in the way you design your training, but also in the way that you kind of execute that as well. So you can also check, I think I had another um, Stronger by Science article, which is kind of about building an adaptable plan. So go look up that one as well, the building an, you know, an adaptable being adaptable in your training. Um, let me just double check actually what is that one called. Give me one moment please. Um, stronger by, sorry, just doing the old Google search while we are live. Um, 
right articles <laughs> sorry guys um so basically <clears throat> i wrote this article for stronger by science last year and it does cover a few of the same kind of um, things that we are going to discuss um, we'll have a bit of a chat over today so it's called practical strategies for building an adaptable training plan and it was on the stronger by science website in october was when it was released so go check that out as well for a bit more detail around some of these strategies but the two things i want to focus on today uh, first of all is priority sessions and then set which is what that article alludes to quite a lot and then the second one is about using ranges in your training so when we talk about priority sessions essentially this is a way of thinking about or designing your week so that you do what is most important in the earlier sessions in the week and you do what is least important in the later sessions of the week so i'm not going to go into heaps of detail about you know how you might structure a plan but there are some examples in that article so please do go check that article out on the stronger by science page um, but essentially that is what the priority session means so it's basically a tactic <clears throat> that you can use when life gets a little unpredictable and obviously for parents that's that's pretty much every day right um, so <clears throat> say that you might ideally have four sessions of training in the week you know you'd plan those in priority order so you'd have session one session two session three session four and all you would do in that week is just simply move through the days in that sequence so you if you miss a training day say that it's monday tuesday thursday friday if you missed monday um, on tuesday you would just do monday session or you just do session one right um, and the lowest priority session at the end of the week would get dropped off so that's how you could do that right so let's say that if your training is focused on powerlifting you know the session that contains the competition movements at the highest intensity that might be your session one perhaps session two um, has a focus on some sort of variation exercise that target is, targets those areas of most gain and kind of so on right and so it goes back down from there so if within that seven day period or that weekly block you only manage to get two of your four sessions in you've got the most bang for your buck training in so you can just then start the next week at priority one, right? So priority one, you kind of put all of the really key stuff for whatever your goal is. You know, if that's strength and that's one arm squat bench and deadlift, maybe that has two out of the three lifts in priority one um, and they're your key high intensity days. Then when you look at the other days of the week, potentially you're, you're scaling that back and you're adding in the variation, you're adding in those other things as we mentioned. So essentially what this does is it removes that kind of temptation or that need to try and catch up on every single session and you've probably all done that before right where you miss a session and then you have to try and cram all of your sessions into the rest of the week um, so you can be back on track for session one the next week so when you know that you've planned this strategically right you've got this program set out in a manner that means that if I miss a session um, I simply push that one back and something drops off the end right when that's strategically planned into your program, it becomes a whole lot easier to just take a mistake in your stride, carry on, and then do that session on the next training day. So yes, there's some caveats to this, um, and it's probably more important for people who have deadlines, because otherwise you could just have, you know, if you've got four sessions in a week, you could always just go session one, two, three, four, session one, two, three, four, and it doesn't matter which day of the week that is. Um, if you miss a day, you just, you know, leave it until the next training day. Um, so there is that option as well as how you could build that. So that is priority sessions. Okay, the second thing that I wanted to briefly touch on, and as I said, priority sessions, go check out that practical strategies for building an adaptable training plan um, that I put, um, that is up on the Stronger by Science website. Um, it covers a lot of this stuff and gives you a few more details and a few more examples. So definitely go check that out. The second thing that I wanted to talk about was something I spoke about in the newsletter 
um, last week. And I encourage you to sign up to the newsletter. Go to www.strongerdads.co.nz um, and that should take you to a sign-up form for the newsletter. Um, that'd be awesome to have you, as, have you as a subscriber. But in the training thought last week, um, what I discussed and what I thought about was this this thing that I've kind of been doing a little bit more of when I've been designing training plans for people is having ranges um, in your training plans. And it sounds quite simple, right? And that's basically because it is something simple. So what we mean by this is that you would have like a, you know, a an A outcome or a B outcome or a C outcome, right, is kind of the way I guess you can think of it. But simply put, you know, if, if all your stars aligned, you'd be aiming to hit, say, five by five on your exercise, just for argument's sake. Now, you're a parent um, or you don't have a whole lot of time in your day, chances are this may not happen, right? You might end up that you're quite tired, you've had a rough night's sleep, um, so the body's feeling a bit run down, um, perhaps that you come to go to the gym after work, but actually there's something else that you need to get to that evening, and so you have, say, 10, 15, 20 minutes <clears throat> less in that session than you might otherwise have had. So what you would do then is when you're writing your training plan, rather than writing five by five, you might write three to five by five, which would mean three to five sets of five, right? Now, this gives you an ability to win, right? It gives you an ability to win even on a bad day. And what I mean by this is that you can tick off that training session, whether you hit three sets, four sets, or five sets in that three to five range example, you've achieved your stated training outcome and maybe this is just something that works in my mind because I'm a bit regimented and um, you know I like to be able to take off the box but I think there is a little bit of that you know people think this way in training in black and whites and you know have we done our training have we not oh, I didn't hit my five sets so therefore I didn't finish all my training but if you're prescribing things in ranges like this like three to five sets of five then you can hit the minimum for the day and go home and be happy with that right you can tick that session off as a win likewise if you're not feeling so good and you can only get you only do three sets it's probably actually better for you right because if you push to five you're just pushing yourself into a deeper state of fatigue so that's what we're talking about when we talk about these training ranges right now if you think of aerobic training that could be a similar type of scenario say you've got intervals of um, 600 meters maybe rather than having just you know six rounds of 600 meters with a three minute recovery you've got four to six rounds of 600 meters with a four minute recovery four minute three minute whatever i said just as an example right um and so that would then mean that again if you get four of those sets of 600 meters in you win if you get six you also win so giving yourself though the ability to be scalable and flexible from day to day that's basically the key with what we're talking about here so when you combine those two things the ability to have priority sessions um, as well as the ability to get you know, to have these training ranges, essentially it, it ensures that you always get what you feel you need in, right? Because you're targeting your highest priority items, but then also you're ensuring that you get a um, minimum effective dose as the bottom of that range, but you're also getting, you know, the gold star, I guess, or the gold ticket type range if you manage to get up to the top. So for me, that increases the likelihood that you even start a session as well, right? Because if you think to yourself, oh, I can't get all five sets, I just won't, I won't do it, right? That all or nothing approach. If you know, hey, I might be able to get three sets and my training plan actually says I could get three to five sets and you go in and you hit your three sets, you've still won. You've got the session and you're more likely to take that first step into the door, into the gym um, and get, you know, those three sets in because you know you can fit that in the time you've got rather than just walking away from the gym that day. So 
these are both strategies that have helped me, you know, to get session, sessions in when I otherwise might not have, um, or when I might have thought it wasn't worth it because I couldn't finish the entire session, and so therefore what value do I gain, right? And we know that's silly thinking because something is always better than nothing, right? But here's a way that you can kind of think about how you can implement that over the course of a week with priority sessions, right? Something is better than nothing because if you get your first few sessions in or another session in, you're just adding more value um, into that training week. And then with these ranges as well, because there's these minimums you can hit, you can go in, you can be confident that you've done some work and that you've ticked off that session for the day. Right team, that is enough for this solo episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Stronger Dads Collective podcast. If you found anything within this episode valuable, please be sure to share it with someone else who you think might benefit from its content. Don't forget to give the podcast a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to follow along with what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram at hjp underscore stronger dads. Right, we'll see you on the next one.